Hello again, everyone. I'm Fort Wayne Mayor Tom Henry, and welcome back to the Mayor Tom Henry podcast. On today's episode, we will talk about how Fort Wayne is working to protect and preserve structures and neighborhoods that serve as, as visible reminders of the city's historic heritage. And to give us great insight on this topic, I'm pleased to be joined by two historic preservation planners for the city of Fort Wayne, Don Orban and Craig Smith. Don and Craig, welcome to today's show. Thank, Thank you so much for, for coming today. And I'm going to start off by asking you, what does our local historic preservation ordinance do? And I, I, I'm bringing this up because I think a lot of our citizens uh, know that we are definitely passionate about preserving the historic value of our community, but an old building does, is not necessarily an historic building. Conversely, there are some buildings that have tremendous amount of historic value to the city, but aren't necessarily that old. So I thought we'd get into that today to give our citizens, our listeners, a little better idea of what this is all about. So first of all, again, as I mentioned, what does our local historic preservation ordinance do for us? Either one of you. Okay. Basically, it does, you know, help preserve what we've got here, the things that give our city character make it Fort Wayne rather than, you know, if you tear everything down, build all new, you could be almost anywhere. There are certain things that are characteristic of Fort Wayne, and our ordinance actually started in 65 with uh, the landing in particular. That's what got it all going. And so it's nice in a way to see that the landing started everything, the landing is now being fully redone, um, and it's still the recognition of that is something significant. I think that it's it's interesting to know that 1965 is very early for a preservation ordinance mm -hmm. in a national perspective. So Fort Wayne um, has had preservation programs for over 50 years. Well, what what are some of the buildings or areas around town that uh, uh, there are you know, local historic districts? You know, you hear of uh, areas like West Central. Everyone thinks that that's historic district, and I think it is. Uh, and what does that what does that entail? If I were to buy a home in West Central, what can I do to my home, and what can't I do? Uh, and what other historic uh, districts are there? If you would buy a house in West Central, which you're right, everyone knows West Central. They promoted it well. They've taken full advantage of the fact that they're a historic district. There is nothing else like West Central in town. You don't run into neighborhoods that have every architectural style from 1840 to 1950. That just doesn't happen. Um, and you also have over there, you know, you had, it was a real mix. You had uh, the movers and shakers built their houses over there, but also the people that worked for them over there. So it's, you know, they talk about building new neighborhoods where you want a broad, scope of people over there. They did it back in West Central originally. But if you moved into that now, because it's a local district, um, by ordinance we have to review anything, any changes to the outside that are visible to the public. So that would be anything you can see from the street, the public sidewalk, or the alley. Um, and it's not that West Central is a history museum, because it's not. So you're not freezing it in time. 
but you want to retain those character-defining features of a property that make the individual property significant, but also then make the neighborhood significant. So I couldn't tear off my porch in the front uh, if I had a home in West Central and replace it with a contemporary type of frontage. You're right. Okay. Yes. So anything I would do to get exterior would have to complement those buildings around me. Sure. Okay. And we there's a lot of new houses being built over there, which is also interesting. But And they look like products of their own time. So if you build a house in 2012, it should look like a house from 2012. You don't want to do a Disneyland reproduction of an old house. Right. You want to be able to see what's there. But it does have, uh, picks up on characteristics mm -hmm. like uh, roof lines, um, siding types, um, the proportion of the windows. If they're all vertical windows, mm -hmm. you try and keep with all vertical windows. All sorts of things like that. So even though some of the characteristics of each house has to be similar, uh, it still is somewhat of an eclectic group of homes because, as you said, there were some empty lots. People have moved in. They've built rather new homes, mm -hmm. even though they've recognized the, the, uh, the atmosphere of the area. Uh, and, again, some certain requirements as far as the structure. But nevertheless, it's a more modern-looking building amongst a lot of, of, of older buildings. Right. So when you're looking at something um, as trying to make it compatible to the neighborhood, you know, in some of the um, maybe newer neighborhoods, you'll find there's a very limited range of styles. You know, they're either all colonial revivals or, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. something similar to that. Whereas with West Central, since you have such a broad range, mm -hmm. it gives you a little bit more leeway. And you look at the individual building when you're uh, trying to decide what's appropriate mm -hmm. to it. So the, the guidelines were written in a way to be flexible, but just retaining the historic area. Now, there are not, uh, uh, I'm assuming there are other historic areas besides West Central. Are there a couple of other areas that have been recognized for their historic value? I'm, I'm going to guess maybe uh, Old Mill Road area around Foster Park. Is that an historic area? Well, the Old Mill Road Southwood Park area is a National Register of Historic Places oh. district, but it is not a local historic district. O other local historic districts are uh, William Williams Woodland Park. Oh, okay. Uh, much of that neighborhood is a local historic district. Uh, there's a small residential district, Shawnee Place, mm -hmm. which is south of there. Mm -hmm. uh, we have the Columbia Avenue local historic district. Um, the landing is a local historic district so and we also have a number of individual properties because our ordinance calls anything that you designate a local district um, a district even though it's one building gotcha and so there are a number of scattered buildings throughout the city and particularly downtown that are individual local districts now you mentioned that the old mill road area is a national historic district but not necessarily a local one can Either one of you, can you kind of define what each one is and differentiate because that's, that can be very confusing. Yeah, the two diff different types of districts are independent from each other. You can have a local historic district, a national register district um, independently. You can have both, uh, both types of districts in the same area. So like West Central, Williams Woodland Park, uh, the Columbia Avenue area, 
Um, there are national register districts there with a particular boundary, and the local historic districts don't necessarily have the same boundary, but it's often pretty close. I'm, I'm assuming that it is somewhat confusing to the average citizen as to which one is which. That's and right. whether or not they're both. Right. The local historic districts, um, as we've discussed, uh, have a, d a design guideline um, process where we review things that uh, mm -hmm. are changes. National Register historic districts uh, can also be a single building mm -hmm. as well as districts, but um, they are a designation from the federal government. So the National Park Service makes that final determination mm -hmm. of eligibility or for listing on the National Register. Mm -hmm. Those districts um, do not have any design guidelines mm -hmm. that are in place for changes to the properties. Mm -hmm. The only effect is if there is a federal undertaking. Um, those things are reviewed to uh, try to mitigate mm -hmm. any adverse effects on historic properties. So this does apply to commercial areas as well as residential. The other day I was driving down Well Street, which has received a lot of attention because of the work that a lot of the owners are doing to the facades of their building and the fact that Wall Street's been around for, for quite a while. Now that's an historic area, right? Individual buildings within ah, that area okay. are, are historic. So it's not but the there, street itself, but individual buildings. Yeah, the, we look at uh, the, the criteria, particularly for the National Register of Historic Places, um, whether it has integrity, uh, historic integrity mm -hmm. as far as whether there's been large changes to the historic character mm -hmm. uh, or whether or not it retains its original well, What about character. the buildings, uh, uh, for instance, uh, on Well Street, uh, up close to Stay Street, there's the old orphanage. Uh, mm -hmm. It used to be called St. Vincent's Seville. I think it's owned now by Horizon Schools or something. Now, that's an historic area or, or the buildings are historic aren't they the st vincent villa historic district is listed on the national register of historic places so those so buildings cannot be campus. touched well, as they, far as it's it, a national register district so okay. if it was a federal undertaking uh, then it which could is defined as mm -hmm. use of federal money or federal licensing or permitting mm -hmm. it would be reviewed to look for mitigation of adverse effects. Mm -hmm. But um, it's not a local historic district, oh, so I'll there's be darn. local design review of, of changes there. So if they're using their own money, we don't review it yeah. in a national register. District. If the federal government's using their money. If the federal government is using it, we would review it. Wow. If the property owner is using their own funds, we don't review it. But the federal government has some say-so in that. They do. And they have oh. to say whether something is actually listed on the National Register or whether it's just been determined to be eligible for listing. It's federal government. This has to be fascinating to study. A uh, little confusing what, sometimes. Well, uh, yes, it is interesting. Yeah, and right. that, that is all administered uh, by the State Historic Preservation Office. So Indiana's is part of the Indiana Department of Natural Resources, the Indiana mm -hmm. Division of Historic Preservation and Archaeology. They're the lead on reviewing federal undertakings in the state. Well, you mentioned that we talked about uh, West Central uh, for a few minutes earlier, uh, and you mentioned homes are being bought. Uh, are you seeing an, an increase in, uh, in construction in the West Central area? Uh, you know, as mayor, I see more and more people moving downtown. Uh, you know, to the apartments and, and to the lofts and the condominiums and so on, which is which is is great. But the peripheral of downtown, uh, we also keep an eye on that, is to see whether or not there's an increase 
in uh, ownership uh, and, and the renters around downtown too. Some people don't want to live in the core uh, of downtown necessarily, but the the peripheral downtown interests them. Are you seeing an increase in, in, in not only ownership, but construction as well? We've seen a phenomenal increase in West Central. We had noticed a while back that the number of applications for new garages were going up. <laughs> if you've got a rental property, you don't build a garage. That is true. Single family homes want garages. So that was the first tip off that something interesting was happening over there. And that has just increased as development downtown has increased also. Um, realtors have told us that um, there are not enough homes in West Central to meet the demand <laughs> right now. And there were always homes, since I've been working with the district for an awfully long time, there's a lot of homes that have been chopped up into yeah. small, not very nice units um, <laughs> on the inside. And they're all sort of fantasy houses where you'd hope that someday somebody would turn it back into what it was, we're ticking those off the list. Those are their ones that you never thought would be rehabbed back to a single family that are back to single family. That's the trend over there. Yeah, and well, as, as downtown Fort Wayne has seen a lot of activity and, and mm -hmm. uh, residential use, um, we've seen that also in the Lakeside Historic District, which was le recently listed on the National Register, that I think that it has um, investment that's happening also mm -hmm. um, because of its uh, location adjacent to downtown because places like Lakeside and the uh, West Central area give right. different choices for different mm -hmm. types of housing um, that people want to have. Yeah, I would assume that most of the historic areas, historic buildings and structures, are contained within a, uh, a certain area around the exact core of our city. You go out beyond uh, uh, Coliseum Boulevard, you're not going to see too many historic structures, I wouldn't think, because a lot of it's relatively new as far as construction. So I think we're talking about a pretty defined area, aren't we? Or are we not? Well, we aren't. Well, for the time, yeah, for <laughs> well, the time being, okay. but um, since the minimum qualification is 50 years old, a lot of those, really? what we think of, at, you know, that... I, 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 and I think 50 years old is, is, is not very long. No, I know, same here. <laughs> um, and I think of uh, neighborhoods that were new, newer neighborhoods when I was young mm -hmm. are now technically eligible, and there's more of a concentration on what they call mid-century modern um, developments. Yeah, a good example is the Woodhurst area. Oh, sure. Um, mm -hmm south of Pettit and um, west of Fairfield, right. that neighborhood has been, been determined eligible uh, for the National Register of Historic Places. It was developed in the early 1950s and was mostly built out in the 1950s and 60s. So virtually, well, not all, but most houses within that area are 50 years old or older and uh, it's a really good example. But just because your home is 50 years old, my, my home is 50 years old, just because it's 50 years old doesn't necessarily mean it's going to qualify as an historic building, whether it's local or federal. It's just, uh, mm -hmm. I think what you're saying is that's the minimum. Yes, that is just That the is minimum. a minimum. There are other uh, criteria for that. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of buildings are old, but not historic. Right. Okay. Um, 
it, it, there's criteria to evaluate whether an old building is historic or whether an older neighborhood is historic. Right. Uh, the National Register of Historic Places um, has four basic criteria, whether it's uh, associated with history or historical patterns uh -huh. or historic events, association with important people in history, uh, significance in uh, design, architecture, engineering, which is often what our residential or, or commercial districts are, are eligible for their architecture. And the last eligibility is for archaeological significance. Oh, sure. Um, so there there are those four basic criteria for the National Register of Historic Places. It's like the Farnsworth home on, on State Street. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that does not necessarily look like an historic building, but because it's significant as far as someone who lived there, then it qualifies for an historic designation. That's that a good example of a property that is eligible in two ways because that is listed on the National Register of Historic Places as an individual building. Uh, it has history prior to its association with Philo Farnsworth because it was built by uh, Daniel Nind, uh, who was one of the officers of the Wildwood Builders Company in Fort Wayne that had a lot of uh, activity in developing the, the ring neighborhoods. Uh, but then Later, the Philo Farnsworth ownership of the house um, was significant for his association. So it's, a, it's actually eligible and was listed for both Farnsworth and its architecture. Both of you have mentioned specific homes, neighborhoods, uh, beautiful historic uh, structures. Uh, do you have a favorite? talked about that a little earlier and it's really tough because they're you know with the neighborhoods they're not cookie cutter neighborhoods um, and we do you know we've done a series of uh, walks for City View uh, during different historic districts and when you look at the architecture in there each one of them is unique you know you can say a neighborhood is significant because of its architecture and this one's significant for its architecture they're different architecture they all have a separate character that really makes it tough. I was trying to decide, and I thought, well, I like this neighborhood, West Central, because of the huge variety of architectural styles. Lafayette Place, because of its layout. Um, you know, Southwood Park, for the architecture and the layout, mm -hmm. and the fact that the streets meander through. It keeps going like that, which makes it really tough. Yeah. It's very hard to choose your favorite child, <laughs> and so it's much like that. Uh, Don and I have both worked with the Historic Preservation Program and Fort Wayne's Historic uh, Buildings and Districts for long enough that um, we have a lot of, we see a lot of uh, the, the, the positive aspects in any of those places. Now, what about, what about an area uh, oh, like Pumby Village? Quimby Village has been renovated recently, and, and the Clyde Theater has been brought back to a lot of its its original um, uh, offerings and the like. Can, can a can a center like that have an historic designation? Uh, the entire entire center, or again, is it building by building? You could do the entire development. Um, you know, when you're looking at say shop, we'll call them shopping centers. Uh -huh. Um, some of the earliest shopping centers um, will have some significance. Quimby has pretty much remained intact the way it was developed. 
and the Clyde is a phenomenal building. Mm -hmm. That, you could probably do the Clyde by itself, um, and it's, you can't argue that it's not a landmark. Right. Um, it, it's always been since it was built, but the whole development is still intact. Mm -hmm. If people came back uh, who had lived around there when, the, when that Quimby Village was developed, mm -hmm. they'd still recognize it. Sure. That's one of the tip-offs right there. It's an unusual situation there because so often post-World War II commercial architecture is mm. constantly right. changed to right. meet new demands and to meet new uh, marketing plans for a business that might be within the building. And Quimby Village is a great example of a place that really has been very little changed compared to many um, 1950s and right. 60s right. commercial buildings. So Many of those are gone, too. That's the uh, thing. They're, they're either gone uh, or or transformed so we were talking about downtown earlier unquestionably the the downtown that many of us knew in the mid 60s uh, has changed significantly um, and many of the buildings that we thought would stand forever are gone for one reason or another so the fact that you two have dedicated yourself and we have a number of individuals in Fort Wayne who see the value of history and, and the necessity to make sure that we preserve some of the past uh, for future generations, I think, is, is truly admirable. Uh, how can our listeners, uh, how can they learn more about the uh, Historic Preservation Services? Well, they can check us out online at, you know, cityoffortwayne.org, and you can go to the Historic Preservation page in Community Development. We've also produced... Um, a number of brochures that they can use as walking tours um, and they'll give you I think there's 15 of them for individual neighborhoods and those are available at Visit Fort Wayne or the Visitor Center downtown. Uh, they're also available online you can download them. Too. In certain neighborhoods like West Central they they will have walks once in a while uh, to, to, to show off what they yes. have too. So and those are well attended and that's coming up this weekend. Oh, there we go. Good timing. Well, that's, it, it's been great to talk to the both of you. And this is all the time we have for today. So thank you, Don Crager, for sharing terrific insight and information into the historical value of certain buildings and neighborhoods that we have in our city. I, I personally learned a lot today and I know our, our listeners did too. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in today. Be sure to join us next time as we discuss all the positive momentum taking place in Fort Wayne. There is so much more to come. Until then, I'm Mayor Tom Henry.